Welcome to the Save by Mother Earth podcast, where we talk about self-connection through spirituality and nature immersion. I'm your host, Heather Webster, and I'm so happy that you joined us today. Today, I was able to have the great honor of interviewing Lisa, another fellow mindful outdoor guide through Kapalu. We talk about how nature connects us to our deeper intuition and self-connection. We talk about kindness for others and how it starts with us. And we talk about so much more. Stay tuned for this powerful interview or conversation that Lisa and I had. Before I turn it over to the interview, I just wanted to give you a heads up about some things that are coming in the pipeline. So I wanted to let you know that I still do my Friday Nature Friday Oracle Card readings. And once a month on the third Sunday at 7 p.m., I have an Oracle party that you can sign up for. Um, that information is on my website. It's also through Instagram and through my Facebook group. I did want to let you know I do have a private Facebook group where we talk a lot about intuition and self-connection. And then I do have the Instagram. If you like this interview and you like what you hear today, if you could leave a rating and review, that would be so helpful. It helps keep this podcast going and it also helps others find it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Lisa. Well, welcome Lisa to the Save by Mother Earth podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me here today. So excited to have you here. I loved our last conversation and I know the listeners are going to really enjoy hearing about what you do and kind of hearing how it connects with self-connection. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got on like the self-connection journey, whether it be through spirituality or nature, and then we can go from there. Sure. Absolutely. But first I wanted to just thank you for um, doing what you do. The Saved by Mother Nature podcast is really kind of speaks to my heart because I feel like Mother Nature saved me. <laughs> it's been like the common thread through my entire life. Um, so I grew up in Michigan and uh, spent a lot of time with my grandparents and uh, they really instilled a sense of appreciation for mother nature within me. I would spend time gardening with my uh, grandmother and fishing with my grandfather and camping with both of them up in Canada where we would portage out on these beautiful lakes and we wouldn't see people for days. We'd see moose and hear the loons and all of that. So they, they really planted a seed of love for mother nature within me at a very early age. And um, so today I am a meditation and mindfulness teacher. And like you, I'm also a Kripalu mindful outdoor guide. Um, and I just, I find that with all of the work that I do, um, whether I'm working with the senior population or uh, as a veteran working with other veterans uh, who have PTSD, uh, or just, I mean, the general public right now with the feelings of frustration and mental health issues around the pandemic, um, I'm finding that the common thread of being back in nature is really 
kind of the direction that I think we need to go. I feel that we need to go. Um, I know that you do a lot of work uh, with people in circles and groups, and I bet you have that felt sense as well. I do. And it's so amazing because I think people are getting to that without even knowing that they're getting to that piece because we are seeing so many people coming up to New Hampshire and even in all the national parks around the country, they're now needing to put reservations in because so many people are going back, getting back out there. And it's, it's great. It's, it's tough for the people that want to just be able to walk right into a park. Um, but at the same time, it means that more people are accessing it and really doing that deep work. Exactly. Well, one of my favorite teachers, Adya Shanti, he says, what you pay attention to can show what you value most. So I think for many of us, the pandemic was an invitation to, you know, disconnect from jobs and people and places that no longer felt good and uh, gave us an opportunity to get more out on the land. And I think that just felt much better. I mean, I know for myself, whenever I'm struggling, I tend to go back outside, I sit by a window, I do some sky gazing. Um, you know, what we pay attention to, if I get up in the morning and I'm paying attention to the news, the rest of my day is just kind of shot, right? My nervous system is looking for all of the things to go wrong in the world. But when I look at nature, right, because nature is always there, I get a sense of hope and a sense of spaciousness. Like right today is beautiful, it's sunny. It's like, wow, the birds are singing and I just, I feel so alive. And I'm tuning my nervous system to pay attention to that and to find that. Yeah, I just, I just sent a message to a friend of mine because she was like, yeah, I'm inside cleaning all day. And I sent her a message and I just said, but isn't it amazing how the sunbeam is coming in through the window? And she was like, it so is because even though it's still in the like thirties, low thirties up here, it's still like, you can feel like it snowed last night. So you can feel and hear the snow in the air, but the mm -hmm. sun that is beaming down just makes everything light up. And I started to see more critters running around. And I love that quote of what you pay attention to is what you value most, because I think a lot of people wouldn't think about themselves as wanting to value the things that they think about. I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It actually, it points to, um, this experience that I just had on Saturday. Now, as we're recording this, we're noticing uh, the news is filled with stories of war between Russia and Ukraine. But right. Saturday morning, um, before I got out of bed, I was lying there with my eyes closed. And I loved what you were saying about the sunbeam. I, so, I get so excited. That's a, a mystics uh, experience of sunbeams, right? Yeah. I was laying in bed and before I even opened my eyes, I was listening. And I could hear the birds and I knew that spring was coming back because I could hear the cardinals and the blue jays and the chickadees and the robins and they're singing earlier in the morning. And so I'm getting this felt sense of like, wow, this is going to be a great day. And I open my eyes and I look out the window and it's a beautiful blue sky. And oh, I just I'm so happy. So I get out of bed, I go downstairs, I get a cup of coffee and I turn on the news. I'm looking at Twitter. And the very first thing that I see 
is this video of this guy who is uh, video recording his city of Kiev. And so he's doing this panoramic video and he's showing everybody, you know, the damage that's been done. And he's narrating what we're seeing, you know, the apartment buildings. And, and because of what I'm paying attention to, I noticed that in Kiev, and this was just recorded a few hours before I saw it, there was the most beautiful blue sky there. Now, it also had black smoke from, you know, explosions and fires and stuff. Right. But he's talking and you know what I heard? I heard birds. And I was like, oh my God, this is what Thich Nhat Hanh talks about, interbeing. Like we cannot not be connected, right? The sun shines on me in Massachusetts. It shines on you in New Hampshire and it shines on this guy we don't even know in Kiev. And right. birds are singing everywhere. And I was like, wow, man, this is like, this is, this is what the mystics write about. It's just so inspiring and so beautiful. It is. It reminds me of, I had a conversation with my sister because we were talking about just this, of what was happening um, over, over there. And we were talking about how this idea of what can we do being here and wanting to be able to support and Ukraine and do things for them, but you can't. And we were talking about how like the best thing we can do is just have love and kindness for everything around us, which will then radiate out to love and kindness for the people around us. And then that will radiate out to the people that are around them and the beings from the more than human world to them. And, and how ultimately us showing loving kindness to our world that we are in currently will then get to Ukraine and get to the people out there that need to feel that support and that love and that kindness. And it starts with just, I don't know, even hugging your puppy in the morning and feeling happiness or feeling that sunbeam coming in or meditating outside. Yeah. You hit the nail right on the head, um, gently because you mentioned it begins within, right? If we want peace in the world, if we want uh, happiness in the world, I really believe it begins within that the uh, self-responsibility to wake up, to uh, be kind and to cultivate those practices of meditation and metta, right? So much metta, the loving kindness practices that we do uh, for ourselves and for everyone is uh, adding to the field of coherence, what HeartMath Institute uh, talks about, right? What we put into the field can be felt in every direction. Our heart is this electromagnetic generator and within those uh, magnetic waves, there's encoded the emotions that we're feeling. So if we're feeling kindness and love for all beings, that is a felt sense, not just an intellectual you know, mind concept. It is felt by all beings, by nature, just like you said, the word, the worldwide web picks that Right. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> well, and it, it goes back to that quote you said about paying attention. What you pay attention to is what you value most. And if you yeah. have this, this inner talk that is not full of kindness and love for yourself, then it's showing that you don't value who you are. So yes. how can you have loving kindness for others and be able to radiate your best self 
if you're not valuing who you are and every single person on this planet and every being on this planet has the right to love themselves and be loved. Right. But you know, that's really, that's such a complex concept because when I first started coming to these practices years and years ago, I wanted to be a teacher so that I could fix other people so that I could, Mm. you know, heal the world. And I realized along that pathway that no matter what I was teaching, if I didn't embody those practices, if I wasn't the one that was healed, it didn't matter what I would say, right? As a matter of fact, I think back to some of the things that I used to do and I'm like, wow, that was really selfish. I just thought I could, you know, be a meditation teacher and teach people to meditate and that would fix the world. But it wasn't until I fixed myself, right? I stopped looking for people to fix me. I turned my attention inward and connected with something bigger than myself then that's when I could actually, okay, now I get it. <laughs> let's, let's talk about loving kindness and, and let's talk about how that really works. It comes from a very different place. It really does. And it's interesting because that just brought up when I'm doing coaching with my clients, or even if I'm doing, and you might find this on your Saturday meditations as well, when I'm doing stuff that's online with other people, if I haven't been practicing the things that I'm about to get on to talk about, I know it. And I feel like a fraud and, and I don't feel good. And I actually will cancel it. So last week I canceled literally everything on my schedule because I'm in the process of selling everything I own and getting ready to jump in the truck and move and, and journey around the country. And I was like, you know, I can't, I haven't been practicing what I need to practice for myself. So I have nothing to give back because I need to give all my energy right now to who I am to really get back and stay in that healing place because we're always healing. Yeah. That is so honest and beautiful. Right. And that feels so good when you, when you recognize that, when you're aware, wow, I am not walking my talk, right. It doesn't Mm -hmm. come the same place. Yeah. Right. And it's when I, I had the hardest time with like, oh, you want insight this week? No, I can't give you that right now because I'm trying to get my own insight because you also know the, those days where you're not taking care of yourself, you're not eating as well, you get the foggy brain, you're not sleeping as well. So everything builds off of everything else, right? And so I wasn't doing my meditation practice like I like to or journaling. It became like this like okay, I just have to focus on the fact that I need to get everything out of my house right now. And all the rest will come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. But here's, here's where we can look to nature. So as you're recording this, the new moon just went into its cycle about 10 minutes ago. So the cycle, the phase of the new moon, although when we look up into the night sky, we might not see um, the new moon or, you know, we might not notice anything up in the night sky at all, but when we tune into the cycles and the seasons, we'll start to notice, oh, this is a great time for clearing out, right? Mm-hmm. New beginnings, there's a sense of, okay, sweeping it all away. There's so many possibilities. What can be done under the new moon, right? There's just right. this, it's like the new year, the new beginnings, right? Sweeping everything out and, and getting ready for new adventures. I'm so excited for you, by the way. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so true. And it all came into fruition so easily. 
So that's how I know that it's so meant to be like, now I say easily, I've been thinking about this idea for years, but it was like, once I took action and believed it was possible and just started to live in that way, it started to happen. And it's amazing when you do that, how quickly you realize, but again, it goes into being truly self-connected because you know, when there's things that you need that come forward with you and you're just like, Oh, wait, that's a sign that this is the right direction. Or going back to kind of what you were saying too, like if, if you're not as centered, being able to say, Oh, I need to get outside Mm -hmm. because I know, and this happens sometimes when I get off of difficult conversations uh, with families in my current job, sometimes I just need to be like, I'm going to go outside and I'm just going to, take some deep breaths or sit on this log and just be connected or even just watch the dogs play because they are so present in that moment. And that's, what's really been interesting is what, including that presence that I have out on the, out on the land with this presence of this huge change that's happening Mm -hmm. and being able to accept all the things that are coming and knowing I deserve it. Yeah. And I think that's huge for people to feel that they deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. We, I, I think so many of us have become, I'm not, I'm not going to generalize, but I think so many of us have become disconnected from nature and from our true selves, right? We're, we're actually a part of nature. I think a lot of us forget that because we're in air conditioned homes and, you know, we're not when we walk on the land, we're not barefoot. We're not making that direct connection. As a matter of fact, where I live, there's a lot of developers just clear cutting trees to put up new homes. And, and it's sad. I had, mm-hmm. I had this conversation with a tree guy and I said, you know, this is a time of year where there's a lot of breeding and nesting. What do you tree guys do when, you know, you come across baby raccoons or whatever? And, and, and he's a big animal lover. He said, you know, I really struggle with that whole piece. Like, you know, I know trees will come back and stuff like that, but sometimes the nest, like we'll do our best. We'll put the little critters over into the bushes and hope that they can fend for themselves. But he got choked up when he started talking about this nest of sugar gliders. The mom had gotten crushed in the process and the babies were too small. And he said, I just know, you know, I caused that. And he said, I was like devastated for days. And it goes back to, you know, that feeling of like, if we really learn to appreciate nature for what it is and and recognize that it's okay to feel like so sad, or, you know, it's okay to feel that that that's part of being human and being alive and being connected to nature. I think so many people go out onto the land and they're, they're disconnected. They're, they're Mm -hmm. trying to find connection, but they just don't know how. And, And I think that's, why people like you and the work that I do and so many other people to get us back out onto land and to connect with nature is so important, but we can't do that unless the mind is a little bit more settled, right? So the, the power of meditation, being able to pay attention to nature. I mean, most people look out the window and they're like, yeah, it's a, it's a sunny day, but you and I, we look out the window and we're like, oh, right right? Look at all the magic that's happening out there. And that's a felt sense, a direct experience of who we really are. And I love that. Absolutely. love that. 
one of the first episodes I did about did it was about this tree. And it's funny because um, this is going to be the last podcast episode I record from this house that I'm in right now. And it's very ironic that where mm. I placed my table today is looking out one of my big windows, which I've never done a podcast recording in this space because all of my other areas are cleared out. And I'm looking at the tree that I did a whole episode on. And it's been so amazing watching since October when I started the podcast, watching it transform mm. and go through even just a few, I mean, it's only been like a, like half a year now but watching it transform through that and then seeing all the other trees and things that are around it and just kind of being in that space with the tree and realizing, oh, look, there's a birch behind it that's covered with um, mushrooms of, of some sort, but it's dead. But, and so it's rotting and it's, it's probably going to fall over at some point, but there's new life coming from it. Right. And then like, because when I first saw it, it was covered with fall leaves and now everything's bare around it and it's covered with some snow and, but it just takes up. It's, it has a majestic presence to it, mm -hmm. even though it's not the biggest tree in my yard, yeah. but there's something about it that just, you, I, it gets, I, it calls me to it. And I think that's when you can take the time like you said, to get in, and you're able to get into that present state and that mindful state when you're outdoors, like the difference it makes in your experience. Yes, absolutely. Well, you just, you said so much, but what I was feeling and the image that came to mind was, you know, we're always looking for answers, right? Mm -hmm. The whole world is our oracle. Nature is our oracle, right? We can, I mean, it's not lost on me that your whole experience as you're looking at this tree, you're about to undergo new changes. And so is this tree, right? Springing to life, springing into a new adventure. And that's what these practices, I think, offer so deeply. It's like, I don't have to look to somebody else to tell me or give me the answer to what I need to know. I actually, I go out into nature and I sit with nature and the insights and the wisdom I know wholeheartedly that the whole world is my oracle, right? right? The answers I want are right there, right now. I don't have to, you know, pay somebody anymore to, to give me the answers. The answers are right there. It's like, oh man, you're kidding me. That's beautiful. And it's so objective, right? It's versus if you talk to a friend who has their own inner thoughts <laughs> about things. I remember this past weekend, I was visiting with some friends and, and, she was joking around because I love to move, which is why this just makes sense for what I'm going to do next. And I've moved so many times. And this is the second house I've bought in, in about five years. And she said, maybe next time you don't buy a house. And I was like, if I didn't buy this house that I'm moving from, I wouldn't be able to do this adventure. And it was very interesting to get that like, she was like, but there's so much paperwork. So it was her own inner dialogue yep. and her own struggle of what it feels like to move yeah. that was coming out. And, but if, when I'm out in nature, it's like no question of like, when I hear something, I'm like, that's, I got to listen to that. Yep, exactly. Which is, which is fascinating. It's like, 
the mind is always trying to figure out things, all the things that I have to do to move. And then, so now let me, let me buy into what everybody else thinks about moving too, right? So we ask everybody's opinion. Now we just have all of these things in our mind and all it takes is really to step out onto the land and reconnect. And uh, we feel that true nature and we know exactly what the next step is. So, right. I one of my, that. one of my favorite exercises. So when I went through Kripalu, it was virtual because uh, mm-hmm. it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And we did, we spent six hours on the land of our choosing and for our final assignment. And so I went to Castle of the Clouds, which is up here in New Hampshire, and maybe went a mile, maybe in six hours, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. And I just remember I went barefoot for some of the time and that was in November and I remember being cold and, and all of that, but it was like the messages that came through. I have to pull that journal out again, because I wrote like three or four, four journal entries during those hours. And the messages just kept coming. It was unreal. <laughs> but the one that sticks out the most and still to this day, I hear is just look up. And it came, it came at me when my feet were really feeling painful and I was working really hard to watch every step I was taking to make sure I didn't step on a rock and a root. And when it, when I, I heard that I looked up and there was a bird in the tree and I realized that I'm so focused on my every step. I wasn't enjoying what was going on. And once I started looking up, my feet stopped hurting and I didn't step on a root or stub my toe on a rock. Right. And I realized that's a bigger message for my every day of stop focusing on those little things and watching every step, but look at what's around you. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Right. And we learned eagle eyes and owl eyes and right. Mouse eyes and all of that. So different ways to see your experience, but I love that. that and fox walk, fox walk yeah. and deer ears were one of my favorites. And hiking with your hands. I'm like, why aren't we all doing that? Right. right? So beautiful. Absolutely. So if you were to share, cause you and I could talk forever and I think we will definitely do this again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, just to chat too, just to catch up. Um, but if you were to share kind of three tips for the listeners, two or three tips, what would those tips be? Yeah, so I would say find a daily practice of meditation, whatever works best for you. It might be mantra meditation or mindfulness meditation, but with the intention of connecting to something greater um, than yourself is always wonderful, as well as a practice of gratitude. I forget who said it, but if the only prayer that you ever say is thank you, that would be enough. So Mm -hmm. even on days where I'm like really struggling, if I can find just a couple of things to be grateful for, I notice that everything shifts for me. And I'd also encourage people to be on the land, learn about the land that you're on, learn about the indigenous. Um, Where I live, we have the Nipmuc Nation, the people of the freshwater. Learn about the different flora and fauna and the seasons. There are a lot of great field guides that can be helpful. Um, or find a Kripalu Mindful Outdoor Guide, right, to help get you out on the land and learn more about uh, these practices of connecting with Mother Nature. 
For sure. And we're both uh, Kripalu Mindful Outdoor Guides. And I know you lead a session every Saturday mornings. I do. So um, you can find me at my website, uh, mindfulfilled.com. My Facebook page is Lisa Campbell Meditation Mindfulfilled. And every Saturday morning at 8.30 Eastern, it's a free uh, Facebook Live where I just sit out on the land in different places and we connect. And people have been joining for, from England, from California, from Florida. I mean, it's just really super cool um, to be able to connect with people in that way through the wood wide web. <laughs> yes, exactly. And for anybody listening, definitely go check it out. It's so worth it. I love when I can get to the Saturday sessions and th- since they're on Facebook, you can watch them after the fact too, right? That's right. And before we go, I chose a poem that I wanted to share with you. Oh, yes. Specifically for you. Um, and I just wanted to leave you with this. So Mary Oliver is one of my favorite poets yeah. and she wrote this poem and I dedicate this to you, Heather, for the work that you're doing and for the adventure you're about to go on. It's called How I Go to the Woods. Ordinarily, I go to the woods alone with not a single friend, for they are all smilers and talkers and therefore unsuitable. I don't really want to be witnessed talking to the catbirds or hugging the old black oak tree. I have my own way of praying, as you no doubt have yours. Besides, when I'm alone, I can become invisible. I can sit on the top of a dune as motionless as an uprise of weeds until the foxes run by unconcerned. I can hear the almost unhearable sound of the roses singing. If you have ever gone to the woods with me, I must love you very much. (laughs) That's so beautiful. And it so resonates with my way of always approaching and why I've, how my hiking adventures have changed. Yeah. Right. It's, oh, it's such a beautiful poem. We will put that in the show notes as well, along with your, your links. Cause I think that has so much that says so much. So thank you so much for being on the Save by mother earth podcast. Thank you, Heather. Best wishes to you. Thank you. You too. Wow. What a powerful interview with Lisa and conversation. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being on the Save by Mother Earth podcast. I feel like there were so many pieces that we talked about that can be so powerful for the listeners. And for all the listeners out there, thank you for tuning in to the Save by Mother Earth podcast. With all my love, I sign off until next time. Take care and enjoy the rest of your day.